I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. It's a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We are starting a new series. Yeah, cool. It's it's the season of Lent in the Christian tradition, but this is a chance for us to address our very first topic that we ever covered, which is the shadow side Ooh, of the Enneagram. So nifty. I want to get to that in a minute. Cool. But we got some announcements. Oh, okay. TJ, you will know that we meet with uh, we meet weekly with up to what twenty people or so on Sundays yeah, in something. Greeley, Colorado. These have been good times. Yeah, yeah. I've been, been really... shocked, in fact. Yeah, really valuable for us. I hope it's valuable for the other people who come. There are other lunatics out there that want to talk about the Enneagram weekly (laughs) for more than an hour. Yes, we found our tribe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we would like to begin doing something like that on Zoom. We pitched this on Instagram and got a lot of feedback, um, but of course there's lots of people that don't live near Greeley, Colorado, right? but wanted to be involved. And so soon we'll be beta testing for a short time uh, some a little cohort, do an Enneagram cohort on the interweb. And if you are interested in that, we'd love to connect with you. I'm sure that uh, we will put something in the show notes. You can message us on Instagram or you can find us on Patreon. We'll have those as show links. But if you're interested in jumping in, we're going to screw up some stuff. But luckily, there won't be a whole lot of people probably with us at first. And so you might get, there's a lot of FaceTime. I don't know if right, that's yeah, the thing yeah. that you want with us. But, <laughs> but say you did. We would, love, we would love to have you. So connect with us on one of those two places. Again, they're linked in the show notes. And it's basically just like a like a group getting together. We have a theme that we're talking about, but really just like talking about sort of generally talking about the Enneagram and uh, discussing like we're doing sort of what we're doing here going around the circle, but with other people there as well. Yep. Yeah. The win for us would be that we would get to have enough people to break out into little, what do you call them? Their tables or their own little, what do you call that? I don't, I don't know what they call them on the, uh, on, on the, the zoom, on the zoom calls, <laughs> but it's like small groups. Yeah. yeah, you do little breakouts. Yeah, classrooms. Do they call them classrooms? I don't know. I don't know how Zoom works. If we have enough people, we'll be breaking out first into triads, and you'd get to discuss your type with other people who have the same triad. Nice. With whatever we're talking about, or if we have enough people, we'll obviously we'll break out into your type, and so you get a room full of nines and see what happens. Yeah, That's when the party out. begins, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram and Patreon. By the way, Patreon software is getting better. They do okay. such a good job. Like everything that they do is really just spot on. So if you have not yet followed your favorite podcast on Patreon, you really should. They do amazing stuff on there. So nice. 
Um, that's one thing. I got two things. Uh, second thing, it's kind of a little bit heavier. You will know this because you've seen our stats and maps and all the rest. Mm -hmm. We actually have listeners in Poland. And oh, wow. we have listeners in Belarus. And we have listeners in Ukraine. And we have listeners that we care about in Russia. And to our friends who are in those countries, this is a hard time. And we want you to know that we are pulling for you. We're pulling hard for you. And we are wishing you great courage and great perseverance during your time of trial. And just from all of us who are listening, who are part of this little community, just know we are just longing for you to have power and insight and wisdom in abundance during this time. Mm -hmm. And that's my word on that. <laughs> all right. I'll take it. I was, I was so just been, this has been the week. And everybody knows this will be a historic week in the history of our planet. Right. Like people will look back on this week. So grace and peace. We're getting into our shadow. The next few podcasts are going to be some of the best material in the Enneagram. It's going to be the stuff that really can both cut you and expose things you need to work on. And it's also the kind of stuff hopefully we'll be able to process and move you through. Uh, point places that are stable, healing, places where you can do the work and really transform yourself. Yeah. Um, that's that's my experience of Enneagram. The best stuff is this material here. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to be said about sort of celebrating our strengths, and I think there's there's good good work to be done there. But um, there's there's also I think some of the some of the best work that we do is in shoring up the places where where we need some work where we need some help and and where we need to to become more aware of consistent struggles and and how to sort of break free from some of those behaviors so this is a good a good place to get some work done to set up our topic today uh i found myself listening to a podcast i listened to maybe once every two weeks, once a month, but it's with a guy who's got way too much charisma and self-confidence. It's that kind of person sure. on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I like his material. Yeah. And he's been on the air for over 20 years, I'm sure. And for the first time that I can remember in the decade or so I've been a listener, I heard him talk about being afraid. Hmm. And it just it was just kind of shocking. Sure. It was just there. And obviously, it's part of where our world is here in March of 2022. But that's where a lot of us are. And uh, one of the things that is most interesting to me about Enneagram is that I think if you were to put your thumb on what's the entry point for the shadow side of ourselves, where, where does it first materialize? Where does it really have its anchor in us? And it might be an anchor we can never get rid of. It's just always there as an option. Mm. Uh, it seems to me the name for that is our type's fear. And so that's where we're going to go today. Okay. TJ, yeah. before we get into this, however, we need to talk about your fears okay. and specifically of octopi. Okay. We haven't talked about I mean, this for two years to. or so. We could just but... skip talking about <laughs> octopi. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> TJ and I both have irrational phobias. Yep. I think that octopi are some of the most beautiful animals in the world. It's a competition between them and giraffe. 
Sure. Giraffe probably are in second because their tongue looks like a snake and it looks like they're like trying to swallow a snake if you ever see them lick their face. It's sure. like, yeah. what? Well, then they, why are you trying gonna, to get that snake? That's, that's their only tool to get leaves <laughs> off of trees. It's true. It's totally understandable. I'm judging. I'm so so I'm I'm curious where the irrational part of this comes in because <laughs> my fears are totally rational. Well, so as a Colorado native, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about your fears, your rational fear, <laughs> fears of ocean dwellers. Yeah, yeah, and and namely <laughs> the like the the one creature that has foreign DNA, like that. Unavailable from anywhere else on the planet. Just literally alien DNA. Octopi are so scary, man. It's the xenomorphs, that thing in Predator and Octopi. These are that's yeah. These are, that's what the the alien DNA probably right probably. looks like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was always sort of like uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They they have the whole bit about uh, dolphins being from another planet. Uh-huh. And I, I, I've always been sort of confused as to why they chose, why he chose dolphins and not octopus. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like it's right there. It's all there for you. <laughs> There's no work to be done to prove, to show that octopi are from some other planet. It's, it's, it's intuitive. My irrational fear is of falling. Okay. Um, I, there's one event in my life that if maybe top 10, top 10 events in my life that I wish I could take back. It was renting that silly movie by the free solo climber. Oh, uh, sure. Cl- climbed El Cap. It is, it routinely pops up on my Amazon. You own this movie <laughs> feed. And the poster is of him about, you know, he's at least 20,000 feet up. No, he's, he's, he's hovering over the earth. He clearly, if he peeled, he would clearly die. Right. And every time I see it, I start to sweat. Mm, sure. Now that is just me scrolling through my movies, but right. it gets worse. It, I never dream ever. I just never dream. Mm-hmm. And I will wake up in sweats and the one image in my mind is of that dude coming to the crux of the pitch that he's trying to accomplish on El Cap, which is extremely difficult. You know, you have to have Mary Lou Retton gymnast 10 out of 10 skills to pull this sucker off, but right. you're you're hovering over this vast chasm of emptiness. Yeah, hard pass. I wake up thinking I'm in that spot and I miss the hold and I'm peeling and I it's just all the time. And I watch that silly movie and now I can't sleep. Yep. Well it's not I guess that's what you get. I don't watch <laughs> movies about octopi. For this reason, Finding Nemo Part Two just did not on my list. Ruined, ruined for me. I could not. I did not like that movie because of the freaking octopus. Funny. And all of you people there who are thinking of arguments right now to try and convince me about how cool they are, all of your arguments feed into my fears. So just stop right now. But they could change colors. Yeah, I know. That's part of the problem. They go around punching fishes for no reason. They're the worst. They're like cats. I mean, cats punch things for no reason. Yeah, that's true. I saw a cat attack a cow the other day. That was fun. Yeah, but cats don't have weird magical powers. <laughs> so. Or or from outer space. Yeah. Cats are just dicks. <laughs> 
<laughs> an evolutionary misstep there. <laughs> I loved my two cats, and I will never, ever, ever buy another cat or adopt another cat. Yeah. Or let another cat into my house. And you say that right now. And <laughs> any any uh, listener out there wants to bet me $10 that Jeff's going to oh, <laughs> own t- a cat take, in a year. T- that's free money, he's... y'all. That's just free money. <laughs> Actually, so this is how things work in my house. All three of the other members of my household will create a cohort, kind of like the Enneagram cohort that you need to look up on the show notes sure. uh, on this podcast. They form a little group that attacks me during dinner at some point, mm. and that's how they do it. We should, today, we'll go out to dinner, and I bet we're looking for something to do. Let's go to the Dumb Friends League. No, <laughs> not happening. We're not going anywhere close to the building. Because if I say yes, that's permission for you to select an animal and fall in love and show it to me. And right, <laughs> and yeah, that's how all it's of a sudden, work, yeah. I've paid for $200 of shots and a microchip in the belly of this this animal that I'm going to take care of for the rest of my life. Right. right. That's how it works. When my wife this, and I got our dog, it was, uh, yeah, sure, we'll go look and just start to like feel it out, get an idea, and we definitely left that, like the first place we went, we left with a dog. <laughs> I was like, this, this is the start of the process of us working toward getting a dog, and we left that day with a dog. A dog, by the way, that's the most terrified animal she that I've is ever just met. The most <laughs> nervous, gigantic monster of a dog. Hilarious. So speaking of fears, what we're going to do is set this up with what each of our types really want. Um, going to use some language for motive, and you'll be familiar with your type and with your type's motive. Um, but we're going to talk about motive, and you're going to see very quickly how fear emerges as the negative side to our motive. And so as we talk through each of the types, um, we're going to elevate that fear, kind of showcase its power. And once you understand that fear's power, you'll you'll understand this is the toehold that everything else that we're probably going to struggle with um, in our motive, the dark side of our motive, the low mm-hmm. side of our motive, it all is going to really come and get its power from this first step, from our right. fears. So that's where we're going. I like it. Um, I don't I want to I flip a coin. I need to get like a nine-sided die. <laughs> roll. Like, where are we going to start today? I hear they make those. They. <laughs> my kids have like, I'm sure. And there's probably at least them. one downstairs. There's at least one. I've, yeah. I've, I'm, I can guarantee it. <laughs> It's right next to the baby octopus that we're going to prank you with on April Fool's Day. Oh, that will go badly for you. <laughs> You'll think it's hilarious. I will think it's hilarious. I'll think it's funny how your house is burning down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the twos. You know what? I didn't think about this, but if we start with the twos, then we're ending with the nines and ones, and there's kind of a little infusion of energy oh, for sure. us. Oh, yeah. sure. So we're That's not perfect. just crashing there at the go. end. Yeah. I like <laughs> so, it. It's, it's a good goal. It's trying time. We're going to end with some energy. So we're going to start with the twos, though. Twos, as you will know, are motivated to get the love of others, that much of their motive is in connecting with others receiving the love and affection of others. They do this by earning. And I imagine many twos when saying, what would make you the most happy? That's where it is. 
Mm. It's that I have earned the love of the people around me. Um, you want to talk about the motive of twos real quick? Yeah, twos are, I mean, they're, so when we talk about twos, threes, and fours, we talk about them sort of finding themselves in the midst of relationship. Like this is, uh, their heart types, they're, they're, they know who they are based on uh, what other people think about them. And, and for twos, like they, they want to be loved. They want to be, uh, to be cared for and, and they want to be connected. And, and this is like, this is sort of core to who they are. There's, there's just that, that deep, deep longing to be loved for who they are. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Absolutely. That, on the face of it, looks entirely healthy and clearly has a shadow side. That is, if you long for the affection of others, the love of others, there is the feeling that may emerge that maybe I won't get that love. Maybe that will be elusive. Maybe they won't love me back. The fear of being unwanted can be something that twos think about, process, internalize, may even move them to certain actions they might not normally take. Because of their fear of being unwanted, they may step too far, may push too hard, may go an extra step when they should have just gone five. In fact, it actually can push, as we know, many of us, as we're going to talk through these fears, we actually don't go just one step too far. Oftentimes, we take 12 steps too far right. because the fear really can have power. Right. You want to talk about fears? and? Well, and uh, I also want to say that... Um, as as we're listening to these fears and and the these sort of wants underneath the fears on the or on the other side of the fear that we're all going to resonate with these things and like all of us want to be loved that's that's a reality of of how humans work but i think pushing into the fear and and recognizing how that fear sort of drives a lot of the behavior that's the place where you see oh wanting to be loved for twos is something more than what i experience as a nine like i want to be loved but that's not a thing that necessarily turns into a fear that drives me and and so for twos the way like this this moves and and becomes this this sort of underlying motivation it it's like it's not even just pushing too far but it's also not not paying attention to themselves it's it's pushing so far into the concern of not being lovable that you come out the other side out of balance and so you're you're not paying attention to yourself because you're worried that if if you ask for something, then people won't love you. It's it's doing too much. It's not really recognizing when people don't want your help. Like to sort of get themselves into situations where they, they are unaware of how sort of overbearing they can be. Like they, that, that fear just sort of feeds a lot of what they do. Of, of Because they want to be loved, they worry that they're unlovable. And so... They work really uh, just too hard to be to be useful, to be helpful, to do all the things that twos do. So, one of the big ideas recently, it feels to me, it's it's much more recent. It, it, it's clearly the theme of Suzanne Stabile's latest book is that a lot of Enneagram wisdom shows us where we're out of balance, yeah, and where we tip, and where we really are putting way too much. 
energy into spaces that throw off our entire weight. You know, you can imagine somebody who's holding, you know, a 80 pound weight in one hand and trying to walk straight. Right. That that can be how our fears work. Right. Is that we give way too much weight to them. And so for the two, the relational anxiety that can manifest in the life of a two can really pull you a certain way. Right. Have I done enough for this person? Mm-hmm. Did I misstep? You know, when we had that conversation and you said this thing three weeks ago, I, I, I think that this is what happened and that thinking repression that twos will also experience and their relational anxiety, man, that can just be a vortex. Right. Right. Uh, that can be a trap. That's the weight is you're, you're holding this weight. That's just pulling you. All of your energy is going into, have I done enough? And even, I suppose in the present moment, is it not the case that the fear can emerge in the present and that's where the overbearingness may come that you were talking about. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, not really being able to recognize that they're pushing too hard because because they're not they're not thinking about it clearly. They're they're concerned about that their value comes from people needing them. And so of course they're going to do everything they can to take care of other people. I imagine there's lots of things that we could talk about in terms of solutions to, to all of our fears, to our sins, to the fixations that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, does anything come to mind uh, in terms of this is worth naming for the two? Here is, here are some practical things worth doing to address it. I think uh, for all of these types, I think uh, one of the big points is that you need to recognize it. You need to start being aware of the reality of this underneath all of the things that you do and start recognizing when that unbalance becomes like when when it really manifests. So so practically speaking for twos, like one one really good task for twos is is journaling or some kind of exercise where you're intentionally reflecting on what's going on in your head and and on things that have happened and and how they've gone and and doing it in a way that is that gives space for you to sort of clear the attic like that's that's one of the ways that that twos describe journaling is that like you're you're just getting all the dust and dirt out of the attic so that the attic is a little bit more clean when you're trying to process all of this stuff yep that's on the subtraction side on the addition side, and this may feel strange. In fact, this is no judgment on twos. Sometimes when twos talk about their own feelings and needs, it often comes out very awkward mm-hmm. and almost too far. It's like, I, you don't know how to do this very well, do you? And that's actually the point. When mm-hmm. twos actually talk about their own needs, they don't know how to do this. Right. And one of the best things that you can do while journaling on the addition side is to identify your needs. Right. And notice the turn there. There's a move from always focusing on everybody else and how can I serve them to get love to focusing on I need to center myself and say, what is it that I need that I want that's most essential? I, I, I don't know too many twos. I don't know any twos, actually. They go way too far on that front. I'm, sure. There may be a couple out there, but... Yeah, I'm sure there are some out there, but yeah. You don't see it manifest very often. The the negative side of twos is in a very different place. Right. Right. So 
you would you would have to be uh, have superpowers to actually go too far on that side. It seems like that's actually <laughs> the solution for twos is is getting down on paper the things that you need, mm-hmm. and it also helps you get to a place where you start to focus a little bit more on what is yours to do. Like when so often twos don't recognize when they are when they can be like overbearing or or be pushing too hard and. When you are paying more attention to what you want and what you need, then you can also recognize what work, like what help do you actually need to contribute to the people around you? Yeah. What is yours to do? This is where the imbalance is, is you, all of us are filled perhaps with some genuine care and love. The two is just aiming it entirely at other people and has not taken the time to point some of that at themselves. Right. That may seem strange, but we're going to see a lot of types that have that problem. Right. This is one of the things with truly brilliant people is oftentimes they have really, really, really high IQs in terms of deduction, and their relational abilities are just awful Right. because there's the imbalance. Right. It's it's similar in that that form. Yeah. Bang. Brings us to the threes. Threes are going to want to be excellent they like twos uh desire attention and the attention the motive that threes have is to be excellent in the eyes of others and they do that with a take hold demanding posture it's assertive and if i can gain that sort of attention then i'll be happy very similar to twos where twos are going to earn that love threes are going to demand that love by winning by showcasing themselves as as the best, that is the place of their motive. You got thoughts on threes? Yeah, I also I also really like to to think of this as um, not just ne- not necessarily excellent, but uh, worthiness. Uh, and yeah. like they they want to be worthy of other people's praise and affection. Twos want to be loved. They want to be wanted and, and cared for. And threes really want to be worthy of. They, they, they want that inner core to be worthwhile. Yep. This is actually, in some conversations with threes who have listened to our podcast, there is an immediate reaction to the idea of deceit. Like, I'm not trying to deceive people. I really want people to see that I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. I want them to see my authentic self is amazing. Right. And there it is. It's the worthiness that is actually desired. The seat comes in later. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) And if if you gain that, that is a location for, man, I feel good. Right. Feel happy. Feel like everything, the world is as it should be. Right. The clear fear that would sneak in then would be the opposite. It would be of being unworthy, being worthless, having other people see you as worthless. Uh, you are easily overlooked. Your contributions are just, and eh, they're, they're kind of subpar. Mm-hmm. Not really worth talking about. That's a fear. Right. You want to talk about that fear? Well, I, I also want to talk about, uh, we talk a lot about the this, this idea of failure or the appearance or the, avoiding the appearance of failure with threes and 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 like it's all about this it's about wanting to make sure that the things that they do the the 
presentation they give to the world is is one that people see as worthwhile not being they 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 don't want to be seen as incompetent or or broken or like they don't want in any way to do anything that could get them criticized because if they're not being praised then obviously they're worthless live folks may not ever see that because right. that is buried right. in the lives of most threes. That's that's not going to get revealed very often. Right. They have they have become very very good at making sure that the the things that other people see are worthwhile. Yeah, because they're so fearful of of actually being worthless underneath it all. It's again one of those 80 pounds weights. They'll pull you to the side if it's the case that that comes in, then there may be an overdoing of your value in conversation, right. in your presentation at work, even in your family. Notice that I have value and significance. And I'm going to remind you I have value and significance. And right. that may go very far. Yeah. You, I, you, you can see this play out in the lives of threes. Like this, this is something that they're, they're, they're willing to tell you how great they are. <laughs> And they want you to tell them how how great they are. Well, what's the wisdom for threes when confronting that fear and getting back to balance? Well, I think in in a lot of ways, there is something really important about, again, becoming aware and paying attention to what's underneath. Because so much of of what threes are presenting to the world is in order for them to receive praise. And so what parts are you hiding? What parts are you ignoring? What what things are you potentially over-exaggerating? Or, or in what ways have you made decisions and, and taken action in order to do things that you don't care about, but you think other people care about them? Mm-hmm. And, and just like starting to be really become aware of that and not being afraid of facing those things because that's also part of who you are. I'm going to get, I suppose, go the positive road of I think that threes can elevate other people. And some of the people who really have superpowers at elevating the skills and aptitudes of the people around them are threes. Because they have a radar for excellence, they can point out where other people are succeeding with just genuine clarity. Right. And that's just a posture of heart, of I'm going to focus on the others and elevate them. One thing worth noting here, notice this. And, and this, this actually may take a... We need to do a footnote here. The twos need to get in touch with their own needs. You will notice that that is their security move. When they actually go to four, on the high side of four... They're going to become very aware of their own needs. Right. Threes, when they go to the high side of six in security, are going to become much more about the tribe, mm-hmm. going to be much more interested in the common good. I think it's the case, especially in Riso and Hudson's work, this is what they were always aiming at in terms of talking about integration. And we mm. reject this idea presently, I think a lot of folks have probably moved off of their language of integration in this way, but there's something here in terms of saying, 
when you embrace the high side of your security number, that may be a way to address your fears. And we're going to see it with all the types. Sure. One last thing that you point out is that for twos and threes and for fours, their fears are going to be about what other people think about them. Right. If what you're aiming at in your type is the attention of others, then the opposite side of that is going to be a fear of of what others think about you, especially on the negative side, or perhaps even lacking thinking about you. I suppose for twos, threes, and fours, if people don't think about them at all, that also would be... Right, yeah. That's that's part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and the to sort of drive that home a little bit, coming back to, to your idea of threes elevating other people, it's it's really, really easy for threes to elevate us. The I think the work there is is to elevate them. Not not threes, but but for threes to elevate the other without also elevating themselves. One of the great, and we've talked about that with affect, that threes are going to create environments of excellence. And when they're real healthy in that, in their affect, it actually will elevate everybody. It's right. not just them, but it's, it's also, it's like the whole community or the whole family, the whole country. Right. Bang. Move to the fours. Fours have a felt understanding of their own uniqueness. The thing that is desired is to see that shine out, as it were, to pull others into that. There's a stepping back for fours, but the step back is to understand where are they significant and what are they doing that's significant, and perhaps even to invite others, to pull others into that kind of space. If others are able to see that depthy significance, even you know on the surface, because, of course, the, the true significance there is probably miles and miles deep. Right. But inviting folks in who can actually recognize some of that, give you a little language for that, man, that's happiness, yeah? And, and to let it make its mark on the world mm. as well. The obvious shadow side to that would be the fear of being inconsequential or, or being insignificant, yeah? Right, yeah. You got a word on that? Yeah, the the I mean there's okay, there's there's millions of rocks in the world, right? And some of the rocks are picked up and and carried by random passers-by and and like that that becomes a, a meaningful thing. Like there's there's lots of people who have jars full of rocks that they collected from this one vacation and like that that rock now means something. And then there's millions of other rocks that just like they're they're part of they're part of the collection of rocks in the world. Who cares? Like that's 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 what this is. Fours want to be the rock in the jar that has meaning, and the only other option is that they're just part of the collection of all the other rocks. They're just another rock. Like that they they want to have an impact on the world. They want to be to their lives, their their existence to mean something in the grand scheme of things. And so they act out of this like that that turns into this fear of of not having any meaning, of, of not having any importance. We're all just dust in the wind. And and that's that's what their fear is. Mm. I think similar to the threes here, because fours have such a radar for beauty being able to speak not about one's own 
self and beauty, but actually being able to put language on others, elevate mm -hmm. others. Yeah. What ends up happening is, of course, the four is beautiful. Of course, it's the case that all of us have beauties. And being able to say all of us have these beauties that are unique to each one of us can be a, a really healthy move. Right. Gets off of self-focus, moves towards seeing, you know, an, an order of, you know, a kaleidoscopic beauty in, in it all. Right. And, and helps focus on when you're able to sort of let go of the fact that you have no meaning and focus a little bit more on the fact that everyone has meaning, then you actually fold yourself into the everyone part of things. Yeah. Yeah. And notice you're a beautiful part of this, this whole at that point. Right. Where the two has a hugely difficult time looking at their own inner life. The four has a really hard time getting away from looking at their own inner life. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and it is so easy for fours to sort of draw other people into looking at their own inner life. Um, and this is, this is part of the relationality of fours. They're, they're just naturally, because twos, threes, and fours are, are so focused on their, their sort of emotional life and, and their relationships and connectedness to other people, fours draw other people into that introspection and say, tell, let, me, let me tell you about my inner life, and, and I need you to comment on it too. Yep. And so in the same way that twos need to focus on their inner life to start to become more healthy, fours need to focus on other people a little bit more to start to become more healthy. To go full circle with these three, one of the things that's really worth noting, and obviously because I'm not in the heart type, this is just so obvious. And I'm sure it's the <laughs> case that when the heart type looks at me, they can say, don't you realize? But <laughs> with twos, threes, and fours, you are basing your value, your self-worth, the way that you see whether or not you're doing really, really well or really, really poorly on the opinions of other people. Mm -hmm. And we all know in our quiet moments that most of the time, other people are flawed. Right. They have the, their they misinterpret the world. They may not see what is actually there before them, even when it's obvious and plain. You could be incredible and yet undetected because people are flawed. Right, and and bringing their own lens to things as well. Yep. If like like I'm I'm imagining two threes who are desperately trying to get the other person to celebrate them and and not really understanding why it's not working it's because you're an infinite mirror at that point right it's just a big fat tug of war yeah it can be a great good to to get the love and affection and attention and praise recognition of others nothing wrong with that that can't be the the root the source right of your happiness Unless, unless you can find happiness somewhere else, you're probably going to be susceptible to these fears. Right. And it, it's going to be an 80-pound weight pulling you to one side. That's sticky. Come on. Yep. It's going to work. Fives. You want to talk about what fives want? Yeah, fives move us into a, a different triad so the fives are head types they they process everything through uh data and and correlation and and uh trying to understand how the world works and looking at like uh, uh, seeing things around them and 
So this is five, sixes, and sevens all in this that triad. The fives in particular, they really want to know how things work. They want to see and understand and uh, like they, they want to embody wisdom. They want to embody understanding and competence from that place of knowing as well. The 80 pound weight here is on the knowing side yep. because the fear for fives is going to both be one part incompetence, fearing being incompetent. On the other side, it could be manifest as a fear of engagement. Mm-hmm. And both of these are actually, you know, two sides of the same coin. If I engage with my body, with my heart, then I'm I'm moving into a place where it's not just all head knowledge, right. moving into a different kind of experience. I want to be competent, have fear and competence. So what I prefer is to just take that big step back and observe. Right. And, and spend the time learning to, uh, and, and understanding. Yep. Yeah. Because the belief there is that what's truly valuable is understanding with my head. Right. Just like the two, threes, and fours, who fear what other people think about them. The head types, five, sixes, and sevens, are going to fear what they lack. Right. And that fear of incompetence is primary. Right. It's going to yeah, keep one from actually getting involved. Not having enough knowledge or not being not having enough resources or, or experience or preparedness to, to be able to act and engage and, and get through whatever situation is facing them. If it hasn't been said, the repressed center is all over this. The, the lack of action that fives can struggle with is going to come from exactly this. And so balance, shoring up your repressed center, acting in the world, is, is going to mean some engagement. Right. It's going to mean moving beyond just head knowledge into the world with your, with your body, and unveiling your feelings and heart to others. Those can be very difficult for fives, and that can be a very healthy move, yeah. Right. you got to start doing stuff with the knowledge that you've gathered. Mm. You'll notice again, and I skipped this with the fours. I'll hit the fours here in a second, but you'll notice again with the fives, when they go to their secure number, their secure number is eight, and the eights are very action-focused. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's moving on the things that the eight already knows. With just right. confidence, with sheer right. confidence moving into those spaces. Yep. But when fives do it, they are clearly informed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a wealth of information to back up their action in that in those scenarios. Mm. Yeah. With fours who I do apologize, fours. You're the you're unique, however, because you're gonna be the only one that I skipped this whole podcast. <laughs> uh fours going to one on the high side uh, in seeing other people seeing uh, the beauties in other people can begin to systematize it all and say, look at all of these beauties in more of a, in, in more of a, what would you call it? Like a large scale, 30,000 feet up way of thinking, which is very common for ones to be able to see the grand picture mm-hmm. as it were. And right. that's something that fours need is to see the big picture gets out of their, their tiny world of just themselves and what they are feeling. Let's, right. let's push into the world. And again, notice that's, again, moving against the action repression of fours as well. Right. Yeah, fours starting to are good at 
intimately knowing the tree and not the forest and moving into that one space, start to see the forest a little bit better. Yeah. Bang. Fours and fives. You want to talk about some sixes? Yeah. Sixes also uh, in that data and information and rational processing space. Uh, Sixes, they want to be part of something and have that something be part of them like the the word that we use here is is fidelity it's a it's it's a it's a relationship where they take care of and are taken care of by something that they're aligned with like Mm -hmm. it's about being supported one of the big things i've had fidelity written down for a year as i think this is really where it's at for sixes Mm -hmm. and the always insightful Joni Wilson brought up that faithfulness just isn't, isn't just about other people. It's about having faith in oneself. And right. I smacked my head hard, hadn't seen it. It's obviously right there in front of me as just the obvious for sixes. Mm. It's there is very similar to twos in that twos are always trying to get the love of others and not loving themselves. The six, always trying to get the faith and commitment of others. And yet true stability can be, I have faith in my own uh, abilities and skills and knowledge and what I bring to the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This manifests as a fear and it's the fear of being unsupported. That would work both inwardly and outwardly. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And and I think that um, this is part of the place that, Enneagram teachers often talk about sixes being the, the most sort of outwardly fearful type. And I, I think this is, this is the place that like that unsupportedness that it, it manifests in the, in a way that, that we describe as fear, but what, what it really is, is, is not, is being fearful of not only, the the dangers that are out there, but also that you yourself are not capable. Yep. It's a it's a it's it's not just that you won't be supported by other people, but also that you can't do it yourself. Yep. And and those are those are both very, very like it it's not one or the other. It it's always both and it's very strong. Yep. Worth noting here. The five sphere is always outward. The sixes fear is both ways, inward and outward. Right. And when we get to the sevens, we'll see sevens running away from their their inner fear. Don't want to get stuck there. Right. I think giving a name to what sixes fear is really important because sixes so quickly and easily get just chalked up as the fear number. Right. That's not necessarily what's going on. Right. Right. Yeah. It's 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 this doubt. It's the. Um, their their fear is about things not working the way that they're supposed to, and like that that lack of fidelity, that that lack of of support, and 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 even I capability is is too broad of a term because it, it is like that they themselves are not able, and and so like like fear when you look at the world as as something that isn't functioning the way it's supposed to then naturally fear becomes like the the way that we sort of inappropriately talk about sixes and fear that that naturally sort of becomes a 
transparent, but I don't I don't think it's fair to say that sixes are fearful are the only ones that are fearful and that's kind of how this is painted it, it's that they are incapable and the people around them are not going to support them and then the fear that we talk about that sort of anxiety fueled fear creeps into those cracks yep that 80 pound weight is gonna pull the five into the corner you know gonna be a wallflower the 80 right. pound weight for the six is gonna manifest very similar to the two in that they're gonna try and earn what the, the security that they need right and it's gonna go too far at times and in those relationships and we and those of us who love sixes will have experienced this in those relationships the the self-doubt is going to manifest and the doubt of the structures the doubt of you know those who seem to be in charge and have authority, um, the voicing of the doubt is going to come in. But all of it is based in that I need to earn my place and and be faithful to them, and then I'll feel supported and stable. Right. Or I'm going to react against yeah. the thing that is keeping me unsafe. And we should talk about that. So the counter type, and I, I think we only talk about the six counter type, but it's it's worthy because the, 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 the self-doubt for sixes can manifest very differently. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, do you want to talk about recklessness? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's this, this spectrum of uh, what we call phobic and counterphobic. And it's, it's essentially like, like on one end of the spectrum is this like fear forward anxiety sort of, like that that's the place that we're talking about a lot when we talk about the, the the like being afraid to move kind of thing and then on the other end of that spectrum is this sort of reacting against it's it's recklessness it's show uh, don't tell me how afraid i am I'll, I'll show you it's it's the person who's afraid of heights who goes skydiving in order to overcome their fear of heights right and like it, it all stems from that same place of like they they want fidelity and support, and on one side, when they are when that fear becomes unsupported, like that when that when they when fear really moves them, they it it comes out in that sort of anxiety space. But on the other end, it comes out in a much more sort of almost aggressive, challenging authority kind of way. And mm-hmm. this this spectrum exists within all sixes, and they they move across it in different scenarios. But yeah, that is that is one really important aspect to know about sixes. Like it, it's almost like like an opposites kind of presentation. Yep, I can see sixes out there going, "What am I supposed to do?" On one side, I'm doubting myself all the time, and so when I try to act, what else am I going to do except for try to get over my fear of heights by skydiving? Right. What's missing here is what the six really needs is to shore up their repressed center and their repressed center is wisdom. Right. It's not about action necessarily. Sixes are great at action. It's about thinking through things with clarity and sight and allowing your insights about yourself and about others to color your, your ability to have faith, faith right. in yourself, faith in others to name it and from that place of wisdom to act into the world. And when sixes do that, again, 
unleashes healthy people. Right. If, if sixes take the time to find the anchor, uh, find their foundation and wisdom and to, to, you know, to act from that space. Yeah. Yeah. Much like twos really need to spend some time figuring out what they want, what they need and, and, who they are and not focusing on other people sixes really need to work on remembering and and focusing on the ways that they are capable that they have that they have been able to do things in the past and they probably will be able to do them in the future hadn't thought about this the orientation to time is going to be really important in the security number Mm -hmm. because the move from a six to the high side of nine in their security number, it's going to open them up to thinking about the past and right. thinking about the past in a very peaceful way, in a way that's confident and spins things in a positive nature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that move for it, it's hard to be fearful when, when you're kind of thinking that everything's just going to be all right. Yep. You know, it's going to work out. It's going to be fine. <laughs> um, any other advice for sixes? I think sixes is another type that journaling can be really, really valuable because yeah. you, you need to clear out the attic and you need to start. And twos, I think, can can journal and throw it away because you just need to practice thinking about yourself. Sixes, I think, there, there are a lot of things that need to be remembered and, and having a journal that you actually look back on from time to time might be really valuable for sixes because yeah. they struggle with remembering that they are capable. I've said this a handful of times that I'm not a fearful person. That's just foreign to me. Mm-hmm. However, a couple of things aside from my fear of heights that have materialized in the last few years have been ha- our country falling apart. That sure. actually has been a source of anxiety for me. And one of the most helpful things I've done is read a bunch of books on the Civil War and on the American Revolution. Sure. And these are times of great conflict. Like it's like 650,000 dead is is not a good situation at all, right? You right. Don't want, of course. But What's interesting is there's all sorts of glimmers of courage, of hope, of people exhibiting their best selves, and they get through it. And right. I know what the outcome is, and it's not like all the problems are solved. And in there, you know, I mean, actually, one of the things I'm really wrestling with is the fact that all the problems probably aren't going to get solved. Right. You know, it's not like we reach the year 2072 and then you know what everything's everything's great now. Right. You know, there's always things that need to get fixed, but it's also the case that being able to read, you know what, people can be really terrible, but also people can be amazing. And anyway, that's just been real helpful for me. I would be real curious if sixes read history and what their experience of that would be, like especially in the places where they're really, where they feel anxiety. Right. And and it particularly focus on their own history. Yeah. Oh, I suppose that's it. So you're journaling, not just for the sake of getting your thoughts down. It's also creating history that you can look back on. Yeah. That's excellent. I so want to go around the circle someday with philosophers because I had the epiphany yesterday that Descartes a six and the entire beginning of modern thought begins with him doubting his own brain and his own thinking about the world. Like that's where the modern period really begins and i was just like and i've started thinking about all of his quotes i'm like this is amazing that's exactly his motive is propelling the whole modern period anyway 
Yeah, that would be a very interesting conversation that I would not yeah, contribute to very much. <laughs> I'll just I'll write that down for myself. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, I'll do a little twenty minute one off. No, it'll be a five hour. <laughs> I'm gonna get to the eights. Gonna talk about some Nietzsche. Anyway, you want to talk about sevens? Yeah, sevens uh, still in that that data and information and and rational processing kind of place. Sevens really want joy and fulfillment. Like this, this is a place where like the world can be joyful, and they really, really want that kind of like like that's that's the ache in their heart is that they want to feel fulfilled, and they make a lot of plans and they do a lot of things and and like are in search of that fulfillment. When I'm fulfilled, when I'm full, then I'm happy. Clearly, the fear then would be of being deprived or being stuck. Right. This is the 80-pound weight. Right. And it actually doesn't function like an 80-pound weight. It it functions like gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like like their whole their 80-pound weight is actually a rope on a speedboat. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, fearing what they lack, just like fives and sixes. Yeah, and it's that I think they're the. It, it's easiest to point to the idea of lack for sevens, and a lot of people talk about. Um, a, a lot of the Enneagram teachers talk about pain as as being one of the things that that sevens are sort of fearful of, and and I think the pain is sort of a byproduct. Like they're sevens can be in painful situations so long as they know that they're not going to be stuck there. Yep. So the thing that they're actually looking for is the way out. And and they're they're fearful of of not having that, of not being able to get out of bad places, of not being able to move, of not being able to find to to keep looking for that fulfillment that they're so desperately missing healthy moves for me for the seven ends up being they they tend to be about the slowing down you know mm-hmm. it's you gotta cut that speedboat rope at right. some level right one of the great goods that sevens bring is the energy that propels the rest of us right having the ability to be sober having the ability moving into those spaces of intentionally resting with intentionality and moving into those spaces, that can be a great good, yeah. Right. And not even, like, I I can hear some sevens talk about, like, I know how to rest. I sleep for an hour and a half every night, and then <laughs> I get up and I go move. And and, and I, I think that the, the idea of rest for a lot of sevens is like shutting off. But I think more importantly, it's it's needing to practice a sense of presence of of being of of not just being still but being engaged with what's happening in front of you you'll notice again the high side of their security number is going to be 5 and that will be a very focused set of tools right it's let's center on this big thing as opposed to 100 million things. They're going 100 million miles an hour. Right. So I'm going to observe this. Yeah, and, and not looking for 
for the exit, not making sure that mm. you have one foot out the door. It's being here now focused on the thing that is in front of me. It's a good word. Brings us to the eights. Been wrestling quite a bit with the wording here in terms of what makes the eight happy. I come into it just assuming it's strength. And uh, two eights have informed me that this is not the thing. <laughs> we can so uh, we could explore this for just two seconds. Uh, I think the vocabulary we're going to land on some vocabulary. It's going to be good. My favorite word recently is that what eights really think will make them happy is magnanimity or big heartedness. It's sure. there's it's a mixture of innocence with strength. It's a ability to push into the world with all their robust power, yet in a way that is, it's in a place where they feel comfortable hmm. and like they're not going to get injured. Um, I don't know what that word is, but sure. my kid said, what I, happiness is anti-vulnerability. <laughs> it wasn't strength. It was the opposite. It was like, it was... There was a, a deep care for the tender side, mm. but the ability to actually unveil the tender side in a robust, intense manner, I think w is what they really want. Sure. I don't know if you got thoughts on motive and happiness for eights on, on that front, or how would you characterize it? I recently heard someone use the word agency, which I really like. Uh, I don't think... I've, I like magnanimity, because it it encompasses a sort of a, a sense of sort sort of giving of oneself it it's not just strength but it's also giving some of that strength and power using that power for someone else's benefit whereas like agency i don't think incorporates the other side because i i think that's 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 a big part of what so the it, the word that we're looking for combines strength and agency with that that generosity mm -hmm. and and yeah this this is the first time I've heard magnanimity so I I like that and I I think like that that focus on having some type of like power and and capacity to affect your world and at the same time using that to benefit others like that that is that's we need to find the this the thing that's in the middle of those two things right yeah there's a move here into the gut triad body triad that is about control and eights nines ones are all gonna fear being controlled in some way and for eights it's being controlled from the stuff that's out there right for all of these types i think that that Control is a significant part of their fear. And for eights in particular, I think control is actually like might be one of the best words available because it, if you can't act, if you can't use your agency, then that means that someone, someone or something else is controlling you. And, yep. and that's part of where we're, like when we talk about eights, we talk about power and and vulnerability and like all of these these words that that have to do with this thing. And I think like combining that space of strength and also generosity, like when eights can't do what they want, it means they also can't share 
the parts of themselves yes that are that are most most vulnerable and that that fear about being controlled about being coerced about about being manipulated like the they the eights they really struggle with this idea that that they could lose some of their agency and it has to do with how much they do care about taking care of other people yeah the justice side certainly comes in there yes what's real interesting with a lot of eights i don't know if this is worth saying but there's a lot of eights who both have a deep feeling of elevating the weak and commonly at least in popular culture a lot of eights in popular culture have gotten in real problems because they have abused their positions of power right um so i I, uh, we could name seven men who you know are the objects of me too accusations that would probably fit this mold right and there's that becomes a tricky thing for eights of both wanting to be something and not having the power to be something. I don't, I'm trying to find the language there. Um, well, it's, it's that the, the 80 pound weight pulls them into a place where they're because they're so fearful about being controlled or manipulated. They shut off. They, they essentially hide the parts of them that can be controlled. Like they move into places where they make sure that they are not vulnerable. And the farther you get down that line, the more and more out of touch with the sort of feeling side you become. That's where it is. Yep. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just all intensity. Right. Moving like the the idea that like power corrupts, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's it's you keep going in this in this direction and eventually you're going to be totally out of touch with with what vulnerability how important vulnerability is. Yeah. And power dynamics get all out of whack and eighty pound weight messes things up. Yeah, I suppose notice then the movement of against the fear, the fear of being controlled, is, again, you can move to the high side of your security number. So taking on those attributes of two, which are just very lavishly, almost unthinkingly self-giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to be magnanimous. And when that gets actually brought into the world in a way where you have stepped over the fear of being controlled, you've stepped over your avoidance of vulnerability. That's a place of, you know, a real power. Right, right. There's something to be said for someone who can't get hurt because they don't let other people hurt them. And there's something else entirely to be said for people who can't get hurt because they're completely and totally willing to let other people hurt them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm. You can't take what I'm offering for free. So, Love it. Uh, any other uh, recommendations on the eights? What does it look like for eights to shore up their their feeling center? Well, I, I think much like twos, in fact, they they need to get in touch with how they feel. Like twos need to get in touch with their their wants and their desires and like what's going on in their inner life. And I think eights need to. Uh, uh, let me rephrase that. I think a lot of eights, not all, but a lot of eights, really need to sort of stop hiding from and, and embrace their own vulnerabilities and, and start to pay attention to 
how their behavior affects other people. That's exactly right. We're going to talk about that next time. Mm-hmm. You need to embrace some of the things you're avoiding. Right. And the thing that eights avoid is vulnerability. Right. That's a good word. All right, nines. Which one? Teach. <laughs> Speaking for all nines. Yeah. Speaking for all nines, nines are, so eights, nines, and ones are all in this intuitive place. Like we, we feel the world around us in our bodies and, and nines really want everything around us. We want ourselves and everything around us to be harmonious. That's sort of the, the central place of having a physical existence in the world is like everything is moving towards some sense of homeostasis and nines really want homeostasis, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, and so the, that, that moves, that's not just our bodies. We don't all want to be one, but it's, it's also like, we want, we want to coexist. We want to exist and to coexist with everything around us in a, in a simple and harmonious kind of way. Yeah. We want peace. And that, my friend, is happiness. Right. I love the idea that that's tied to, to pausing, to homeostasis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, clearly, that's why I want to sit down. I want to rest for a bit. Right. On the flip side is just everything falling apart, breaking apart, moving away, conflict and change and chaos. Uh, nines, uh, the traditionalists have nines fearing the loss of connection. You want to talk about that? Yeah, the um, so like the opposite of homeostasis, the opposite of harmony is disharmony. It's it's if a hot liquid and a cold liquid are trying to become to to move toward each other to become the same temperature, then the opposite of that is them moving away from each other to become even more separated in mm. temperature and and. We're, we are fearful not only of people leaving us, uh, but we're also fearful of other people not getting along, of, of, other, of the things around us breaking down, like watching the world start to enter a potentially third world war is a devastating place for nines. And, and it's, it's not just that like we want things to to be peaceful, but it's also that we feel this loss in our bodies. We feel separation happening and it, we're afraid of it. We don't like it. Great word right there about the conflict is out there. The conflict is in here Mm -hmm. and it's both ways. Yep. That's how it works for threes, sixes and nines. It's the, the anchor points there all are going both directions inwardly and outwardly. Right. In terms of their struggle with, with fear or attention seeking or here with being in control. Right. High side of nine security number is three. It's a very action oriented number, accomplishment oriented number, it's get her done number. Um, there is a invitation to movement mm-hmm. at three. Yeah. And also a, like, I, I like the idea of, insisting that my part in this is important. Yep. Not only for my sake, but also that, that you recognize that my part is important because part of harmoniousness is that I blend in the background Mm -hmm. and sometimes 
I, I need you to tell me that my part is important. Yep. Insistence, I think, is a worthy word there. Yeah. A nine just at center may let that wash over them and only wrestle with that internally. Right. But moving to the high side, there's much more of an elevation of self. Yeah. You matter. Yep. It's not just that you need to hear that from other people. I, I suppose I hadn't thought about that, but a it's healthy nine, internal. yeah, a healthy nine might voice that. Yeah. Real similar to what sixes gain in stress from three mm-hmm. of saying, you need to pay attention to me and the things that I care about. Right. And what I and, do around here. And in a similar way that like sixes need to learn to trust not only the world around them, but themselves. And threes need to learn to value not only like praising other people, but also getting a sense of their own internal value. Like it, it's it's both for three sixes and nines. Mm-hmm. Come on. The thing when you look at like people that put huge compilations together of, you know, eventually when we when we publish our book, we'll have one of these, but it's like all the things about all the numbers in one place. And all mm-hmm. you see from nines is you need to act in the world. You probably need to get up. You probably need to do something. <laughs> it's time to move. Passivity is probably a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's just it's exhausting. Entirely about <laughs> getting going. You got work to do. Anything that really works for getting you to work. <laughs> Anything that really helps. Just pick something and get move. going. Because once you start moving, it's a lot easier to keep moving. Yeah. One of the things I've recognized recently, we have a good friend who's a nine and is doing a lot of work in a different city Mm. and often doing a lot of stuff over the interweb uh, for the folks in that city. And and he gets moving with that stuff. Sure. Partially because all the conflicts that are way, way over there don't really affect him. So he's like, he's all ready to go (laughs) with with changing things over there and moving. And I've... I know this with my own mom that a lot of her active side came out in her work. Mm, yeah. And uh, I wonder if there's not something something there. Sure. I wanted to say this about sixes as well, but and maybe we could, I don't know, let's see if it applies to threes, but there's something about trusting yourself or there's something about getting active. You don't have to start with 500 pounds. Trust yourself with five pounds. Right. You know? Just right. lift up the five pound weight. Yeah, you don't you don't need to conquer the world today. You know, right. you don't. Yeah, have that that has actually been a, a thing that I have learned about myself through doing is that I don't have to plan to clean the whole house. <laughs> but if I make my bed, then yeah. I might pick up the other stuff in my bedroom, which might get me to pick up some of the other stuff in other parts of the house, which might like it's a snowball. Like once yeah. once I get going and it may be something as simple as making my bed in the morning, mm-hmm. then it's a, uh, yeah, there's a lot more energy to propel me into doing the other stuff. Don't do nothing. Don't do everything. It's again about balance. Yep. And to move that uh, two question in, you know, what's yours to do? This has been the most helpful thing for me recently is just, Writing down every morning what's the one thing, the one big thing I need to do today and mm-hmm. knocking it out, it's, it has been so helpful. I get 365 really big things done, and sure. sometimes it is. I need to pick up the house, but 
Um, That's just been a practice for me. I don't know if that's more heavy than, you know, you don't need to pick up everything, but, but I like that. Just get the engine started. Yep. You know, that's the thing. For a lot of us, that's how exercise works. Like, I don't want to run today. But if you get your shoes on and warm up a little bit, you start walking. Okay. I realize that exercise is not a thing that uh, yeah, is that, on your that all sounds list, but. like weird nonsense <laughs> to me. Like, like, because because getting the shoes on is part of exercising to me. It's, a, it's true, like that. <laughs> like, like you're basically saying get ready for running in order to start running. <laughs> and it's like that. No, that's that's not how it's going to work. All right, brings us to the ones. I'm gonna wrap this sucker up. Ones. What do ones want, TJ? What do ones want? <laughs> ones, uh, the last of this uh, sensing the world through their bodies triad. Ones want wholeness or or goodness. They There's an order to the universe, and the ones want to be in their proper place and, and functioning the way that they were designed to the full capacity of what they're capable, what, what they're made for wholeness. You hear somebody talking about integrity and they probably won. I think, I think it's, I think ones are the only ones that really use that word or get obsessive about that word. Sure. Yeah. Integrity is about uh, a boat that lacks water getting in. It's the it's a naval term, which is like the only thing that a boat needs to be able to do. Right. All of the other stuff is 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 added benefits of being a boat. <laughs> like the one thing that a boat needs to do is n- not let water into it. This is a primal belief for ones is, man, I just can't let anything out there get inside me. And of course, that's their fear. Their fear sure. is of corruption. Right. If I let anything that's toxic, man, I can't watch PG-13 movies. What is that, a Heineken? Um, I, I, I think there is, uh, you know, I was flipping through channels and I, and I, I saw somebody's left butt cheek. It, all these things are just, they're going to, I ate five too many calories. It's, there's all sorts of things that are going to get inside you, TJ. Right. Got to follow the rules. Got to do, gotta do the right thing. Got to... Got to make sure that you just keep out keep out any possible thing that could corrupt or or break you in any way. Like so much in ones, it spills. It's not. It becomes not just about them. It becomes about we don't want any of the elements out there to infect our family. We don't want any of the elements out there to f- infect the school of our children. We don't want any of the negative elements out there to infect our government. We don't want any of the negative elements to infect our theology or church or friend group or, you know, whatever it is that you're going to elevate. Our workout routine. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over. There are so many things because the fear is really about what's inside where the fear for eights is about something outside that they can't control or that they can't do. They can't, they, what it really is, is they can't do. The, the eights cannot control the world out there. Ones, the fear is, I cannot control the things within me mm. if I give the negative power. If I give the, right. t- if I give the poisons power, man, they're, they're going to rise up and just eat me alive. Right. If I open one 
single email attachment in my whole computer <laughs> is going to be coded in viruses. It's happened in the past. There is something about ones with all their self-control. They really have, I, I may be one, I, I might want to argue they have the least self-control once they're on tilt. Mm. And that's just, they have a huge wall of sandbags. But once the water breaks through, they're done. Like it's, sure. it's really hard to recover. And well, and they, there's also, I mean, there, I, th- I think that's a good place to point out that th- there, th- I think there are many ways to define the term self-control. <laughs> and if <laughs> like, like there, there's a lot that feeds into that idea. And in, if when you say self-control, what you actually mean is a complete rigidity toward a certain set of principles or guidelines then you're not actually talking about self-control you're talking about like like living on one side of something else controlling you if you actually have self-control then you don't need to avoid all alcohol if you actually have self-control then you don't need to worry about these things completely corrupting you if you let one inch in you know yeah, that's that's all nonsense. I need to live above reproach. <laughs> <laughs> the this is entirely right. There is a loosening of one's hands that real healthy ones will get to a place of serenity, a place right. of being comfortable in their own skin. This right. is something I think a lot of ones are not comfortable in their own skin. This is why a lot of ones like you, you will struggle very mightily with their weight. They're right. just not comfortable in their body in a in a similar but different way to nines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like it, it has to do with like if I have too much body fat, then obviously my body is completely non-functional and yep. it's I'm going to die early. Well, that that terrible element, there's fat and now it's right. in me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly fat's yeah. terrible. Diet, Your brain is made of fat, these by the way. Things. Yeah. <laughs> But we get these beliefs about, you know, there's the there's the compulsive nature that comes in there of not one, the fear of not being corrupted is the 80 pound weight pulls you into some crazy behaviors, right. hand washing and exercise routines. And obviously it will manifest as hatred of self, mm-hmm. you know, a, a just consistent self-criticism, which we'll talk about in later episodes. On a level of perfectionism that becomes, for for many ones, it becomes like sort of a, a, a guiding principle in their lives. Yep. You'll notice the high side of the security number is seven. And so there is like, it's a different universe to say, let's, let's set all that aside for a second and let's talk about joy. Mm-hmm. You know, just enjoying yeah. the world <laughs> and right, just right. enjoying yourself and the people around you and really just elevating that. Yeah. You know? Not focusing on what needs to be fixed, but just enjoying what's happening. But that fear that you can't control what's inside of you is, you know, it's got power. Right. And it needs to be eliminated. You got r- suggestions for the the one who's wrestling with fear? I think ones is another one that needs to, like like journaling is is probably a really good activity for a lot of ones because very much like twos and sixes like the the part where they are struggling is 
thinking appropriately about all of this stuff. It's like, notice this, like we're, we're talking in absolutes. It's, it's the world is black and white for ones and they need to start working on getting their head around the fact that we live in a world where black is at one end of a whole spectrum and white is at the other end. And there's a bunch of shades in between. Yeah. That's wisdom. Yeah. It's to get ones, twos and sixes all need wisdom. Right. And that's black and white thinking is, it's just not wise. Right. Uh, Detailed thinking. Broad and expansive thinking. Yes. Yeah. Moves, moves towards understanding. It's not, it's, it is shades of gray, but even there's a richer texture to wisdom that is understanding of all the complexities. Right. The thing I find with journaling is that I, when I come to the journal, ones intuit their feelings. So I am feeling ang- anxious or angry at myself. I'm going to put this on paper. Here's the, here's the stuff. But when I read it, it engages the left side of my brain. This is one of the things about reading in text is it's not processed emotionally. When you read things, it actually is processed by the left hemisphere of your brain. And it invites, for the one, it invites problem solving. It invites analysis. It invites judgment. And often what I see when I write down here are the things I'm struggling with is just how silly it is half the time. And I imagine that's the case for could be the case for sixes as well. Like sure. This this thing that I was wrestling with is just so silly. Or the two, like this relational conflict that I think is there. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just being silly. Right. It's a great good to be able to laugh at yourself and notice right. the high side of seven emerging. Yeah. Well, I think for all of these types, like the what what we're talking about is greater self awareness. And, and to be able to recognize the ways that you're screwing up trying to get to the thing that you're looking for, it, it will hopefully make all of us laugh a little bit at ourselves, and that's like we'll be better for it. Yep. Yeah. Don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. We are around the circle. We did it. Friends, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about how fear, when it gets an anchor, moves into things that we avoid. And those avoidances can have real power because they move us towards elevating things that are really unhealthy for us, both in terms of the things that we settle for and even darker still, the the passions or sins that each of our types struggle with. And so over the next two or three episodes, we're going to just go, we're going to do slow movement through, through the dark side of our type. So that's where we're going. Last word on fears. I always like to involve you. Your presence matters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think while you were talking about where we're going with this uh, later on in the series, I was thinking about like, avoidances start to get a lot more into our behavior. Whereas the thing that we're looking for, the happiness that we're looking for and the other side of that coin, the fear of not getting that happiness that motivates, like that's, that's the underneath that's yeah. the, the belly, the, the thing that's driving the avoidances. That's the thing that's sitting at the bottom sort of, the heat source for everything else. I think that's a great way to look at it. It's if, if you remove the foundation of your house, your house would fall apart. Right. On the positive side, if you remove the foundation of your shadow, 
it's going to crumble. Right. And that the fear for our types is that foundation. Right. Get some dynamite, get the jackhammer, go work on that sucker. Right. Yeah. L- listen to this podcast five more times. Yeah. If 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 you remove the foundation from your house, the house is going to fall down. But what if your house is filled with ghosts and spiders? <laughs> like maybe maybe it's okay to re- remove that foundation a little bit. Might, might need Build a new what? one. Well, I mean, on the fear side, if it's your whole shadow self, what I'm saying is if your whole shadow self is really gets its energy, foundation, and stability from the fear, you remove the fear, I, I don't know if you... I don't know if you struggle with the sin. Right. I don't know if you struggle with the fixation if the sure. fear is removed, you know? Yeah. That's what, uh, that's more I meant. I don't know if we were saying the same thing. A little but. bit. I was just leaning into the metaphor for the comedy of it. There you go. Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> spiders. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because yeah. spiders. Because spiders you, are bad. Do you, do you know what's in my basement? Spiders and ghosts. Octopi. Yeah, and we need to <laughs> burn, burn it down. Burn the house down. Burn it down. Ah, funny. All right. So, friends, it would mean the world to us if you took some time and gave us some stars on either iTunes or Spotify. You will know I'm an addict to this. And since I'm not a three and don't fear being unworthy, you can go ahead and just do this for the for our sake. Uh, isn't that how that works? I can be robustly <laughs> self-serving and self-promoting. And I don't... Because I... I don't um, think that because... <laughs> I don't think it works that because you're not motivated by it, that makes it okay. Well, I'm going to have to re-examine that now, aren't I? <laughs> you can find the links, of course, to all of our stuff at AroundTheCircle.org. Um, again, show notes are going to have some links to meeting up with us uh, here in the spring of 2022. If you're down the timeline, uh, find us on Patreon, and hopefully this thing took off and you'll be able to see all the links to just meeting with us weekly. And uh, best thing you can do, as always, is share this podcast with somebody that you love. Preferably somebody who is likewise afraid of either falling off a cliff that they will never climb or octopus in an ocean that they live 3,000 miles away from. Yeah, seriously. I've never been that close to one. (laughs) But also, I probably won't on purpose. (laughs) You got anything else? I got nothing, man. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome, and I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't is not interesting. Go burn down your fears. Burn. Burn it now. <laughs>